0: We start out young, soft, round, and flexible. How do babies manage to get their toes up to their mouths? I know it has a lot to do with their little short legs, but could you get your foot into your mouth, literally, not figuratively, even if your legs were only as long as your torso? Those of you who are devotees of yoga must tell me if you've been able to sustain such youthful flexibility. The back, shoulders, knees, and hips of most adults gradually lose the easy motion of a cooked strand of spaghetti dangling off the end of a fork. Instead, we become more like thin, crisp, uncooked spaghetti left in the box. Several factors contribute to stiffness, ranging from sulfur undernutrition, oxidative damage, too little vitamin C, poor tissue synthesis of mucopolysaccharides, and genetic disorders, among others. Hi, I'm Mark Timmon, the Healthy Geezer. I have a master's degree in clinical nutrition, and I've been studying the nutrition and biochemistry behind health and disease for over 49 years. If you want to know how to build better health and protect yourself against disease, then this is the place for you. Welcome to the Healthy Geezer podcast. This is episode six, Don't Be Such a Stiff, Understanding Ages, Dages, and Rages, Part One. Today I'm going to focus on a dangerous process that disrupts cell function, triggers inflammation, and stiffens tissues with potentially lethal effects. It is the process of glycation that terminates in advanced glycation end products or ages as they are called. The key word is glycation which means in simple terms the bonding of a sugar molecule to a protein or lipid molecule Unlike other biological processes, no enzymes are needed to carry out the bonding process, and there are no enzymatic controls. Glycation is thus a random process lacking regulation. A sugar, such as glucose or fructose or galactose, can react with amino acids, peptides, and proteins, as well as with other molecules that contain free amino groups. In 1912, the French scientist Louis Camille Maillard Describe the reaction between amino acids and sugars during heating. The reaction generated a browning of the heated material. You will recognize this as the browning of the surface of a loaf of bread as it bakes, or as the browning of a steak on the grill. The complex reactions between amino acids and reducing sugars is now known as the Maillard reaction. The Maillard reaction occurs in food and beverages. It appears in nearly all heat-processed and stored foods, and also in papers, textiles, pharmaceutical formulations, in the soil, as well as in glycation reactions in mammals, including in the aging human body. The reaction of glucose, fructose, and galactose with amines, amino acids, peptides, and proteins in the human body is the first step of complex glycation reactions that lead to the formation of sugar derived protein substances and cross links in cell membranes and tissues as the glycation continues on to its later stages. The final glycated substances are known as advanced glycation end products, AGES, spelled A G E S. They are found in the pathogenic stages of chronic diseases such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease. And dementia. In complex biochemical reactions, it is common to find enzymes busily at work forming and reforming each molecule at each step along the way. Glycation, however, is unique in that it is a spontaneous non-enzymatic reaction of certain common sugars with free amino groups of proteins, DNA, and almost any other body structure that contains amino groups, peptides, or proteins. A variety of irreversible dehydration and rearrangement reactions, completely ungoverned by enzymatic control, eventually leads to the formation of advanced glycation end products, ages. Glycation leads to a loss of protein function and impaired elasticity of tissues including, now pay attention here, blood vessels, skin, and tendons. They become stiffer as glycation becomes more widespread. The glycation reaction is highly accelerated in the presence of lots of blood sugar, called hyperglycemia, and under conditions of oxidative stress. This implicates ages in the pathogenesis of diabetic complications where blood sugar is elevated, and in aging. Aging is defined as a progressive loss of efficiency and effectiveness in the biochemical and physiological processes that occur in all of us up to the point of death. The abnormal accumulation of biological waste products in the cells is responsible for organs and tissues' loss of vitality, that is, aging. Since no enzymes form glycation end products, there are also no enzymes to remove advanced glycated products from the human body. Because there are no enzymes to remove glycated products, the glycation process matches well with the concept that the accumulation of metabolic waste promotes aging. The long-term collection of oxidative damage and advanced glycation end products in cells and tissues, then, can be understood to characterize advanced chronological age. Indeed, the accumulation of glycated metabolic waste impedes biological efficiency and contributes to the debility that accompanies it. It is one of the major molecular mechanisms whereby damage accrues in your body. Another is oxidation. Along with oxidation, the formation of ages is one of the major molecular mechanisms whereby slow, mortal damage develops, leading to disease, aging, and eventually death. For example, ages are implicated in the development of the chronic degenerative diseases including, but not limited to, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's disease, and, of course, diabetes. Diabetes is associated with poor outcomes following acute vascular occlusion. 75% of diabetic patients can expect to pass away from cardiovascular disease characterized by extensive arterial blockages. Angiograms show fewer collateral blood vessels in diabetic patients compared to non-diabetic individuals. This contributes to increased rates of lower limb amputation, heart failure, and increased mortality after occluded blood vessels deprive tissues of adequate oxygen, creating ischemic events. The deficiency of new tissue-saving vascularization results in part from a failure to form enough compensatory new blood vessels in response to ischemia. Ages appear to play a central role in this failure. Since every cell in a diabetic's body is exposed to abnormally high glucose concentrations, why does diabetic hyperglycemia selectively damage some cells and not others? It is the failure of those cells to dial back their uptake of glucose from the bloodstream when blood sugar levels go up. It's a nice summer day. You have the window open. There's a thunderstorm blowing in. But when you go to shut the window, the sash is stuck. All you have between you and the incoming rain is the screen. That's no help at all. The same thing happens in relation to sugar in a few cell types in the human body. Cells lining blood vessels are a major target of hyperglycemic damage because they show no significant change in their glucose transport rate when glucose concentration is elevated. This results in high sugar levels inside the cells, nerve cells, Cells in the lens and retina of the eye and cells in the capillaries of the kidneys are similarly unable to resist flooding by elevated blood sugar. Let's look at what happens inside a cell overrun with sugar. A series of biochemical events are triggered inside these sugar-congested cells, whereby glucose is converted to sorbitol. Sorbitol, then, is changed to fructose by the enzyme sorbitol dehydrogenase. Fructose is metabolized to fructose-3-phosphate that then is converted into alpha-oxaldehydes that interact with acids to form ages, without the aid of any enzyme. As I said, the processes by which ages are made are complex. The Millard reaction, oxidation of glucose, and peroxidation of lipids by free radicals also generate members of the diverse family of ages, They can prevent normal cellular function, reactive oxygen species are driven up, especially superoxide, while the protective antioxidant, reduced glutathione, is driven down, and regeneration of more glutathione is inhibited. Cellular damage occurs as stifling advanced glycation end products form and accumulate. The common dietary monosaccharides, that is, simple sugars, galactose, glucose, and fructose, are all implicated in the formation of ages. Galactose is found in dairy products, avocados, sugar beets, other gums and mucilages. It is also synthesized by the body, where it forms part of glycolipids and glycoproteins in several tissues. Glucose comes almost entirely from dietary carbohydrates, including bread, rice, pasta, potatoes, vegetables, fruit, table sugar, yogurt, and milk. Our bodies change 100% of the carbohydrate we eat into glucose. This affects our blood sugar levels quickly, within an hour or two after eating. Fructose is found naturally in fruits, fruit juices, some vegetables, corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, and honey. It is also commonly found in fast food burgers. Is that a surprise? Soft drinks and off-the-shelf baked goods. And table sugar, the disaccharide sugar, can be thrown in with them because, once we swallow it, we so easily split it into its component parts, glucose and fructose. Sucrose is found in sugar beets, apples, oranges, carrots, and other fruits and vegetables, in maple syrup, and is purified from sugar cane and sugar beets for use in cooking and food production. Arrgh! Sugar, sugar, sugar! The future is looking bleak for chocolate chip cookies and s'mores, All these sources of simple sugars arrive inside with the food you eat, providing plenty of material for the formation of advanced glycation end products inside your body. But wait! You can also directly consume ages in your food. Modern diets are largely heat-processed and, as a result, contain high levels of advanced glycation end products. How does that happen? Dry heat, that is, roasting or broiling or baking increases new dietary advanced glycation end product formation by 10 to 100 times above the uncooked state across all food categories. Animal-derived foods that are high in fat and protein are generally age-rich and prone to new age formation during cooking. In contrast, carbohydrate-rich foods such as vegetables, fruits, whole grains, and milk contain relatively few ages even after cooking. We nutritionists love to malign processed and fast foods, grilled and deep-fried by Ronald McDonald, King Burger, and the clown from Jack in the Box. There is sufficient data to back us up. Yet inconsistent research results have confused our understanding of the degree to which dietary advanced glycation end products, or DAGES, contribute to chronic disease. Early research suggested that ubiquitous fast foods, including french fries, fried chicken, and grilled and broiled meats, contain high levels of advanced glycation end products, ages. However, recent studies utilizing the latest analytical technology found no evidence that these foods contain higher levels of dages relative to other foods. Paradoxically, research found that the intake of famously healthy foods, that is, fruits, mainly apples, Fruit juices, non-fat milk, whole grains, non-starchy vegetables, nuts, seeds, and legumes were associated with elevated serum and urinary ages. The intake of cold breakfast cereals, whole grain breads, and sweets were also associated with similarly elevated serum and urinary advanced glycation end products. All these foods are known to contain low levels of ages. So where do the advanced glycation end products in blood and urine come from when those good foods are eaten? The likely explanation for the paradox is that the source of the elevated ages is the intestines, not the food. This is the fructositis hypothesis, which states that intake of foods and beverages with high fructose-to-glucose ratios promote the formation of readily absorbed fructose-associated ages in the intestine. High fructose corn syrup sweetened foods and beverages, breakfast cereals, agave syrup, crystalline fructose, apple juice and apple juice blends, as well as healthful fruits, whole grains and vegetables, can promote the intestinal formation of absorbable ages due to their relatively high fructose content or due to their high starch content that breaks down to yield significant amounts of fructose. It appears the amount of dietary advanced glycation end products one is exposed to is more dependent on the amount of fructose in the intestinal tract than on the amount of ages in the food eaten. But can these dietary glycation end products, or DAGES, damage your cells and tissues? After all, they are preformed in the food or in the intestines, not made in your cells. So what could they possibly do? Unfortunately, plenty. It turns out dietary advanced glycation end products are pro-inflammatory and immunogenic. Okay, this is where we need to pause and be sure everyone is clear about our key players. There are three of them. Two have already been mentioned. Ages are advanced glycation end products formed inside your body, in the blood, cells, and tissues, from amino acids, peptides, and various proteins that encounter simple sugars. No enzymes are required for their formation. DAGES, gee, that sounds silly, doesn't it, are advanced glycation end products formed in food that you eat before you eat it, or in the intestines during digestion. Either the plant or animal you are about to eat already made the dages, or it was formed during the cooking of the food prior to eating it, or it was randomly formed in your intestines, when some group of amino acids shook hands with fructose and discovered he was a sticky character. The third and new player in our drama are rages. These are receptors for advanced glycation end products and for dietary advanced glycation end products. Simply put, you can have an advanced glycation end product floating along in your blood that came from food or that was made randomly in your blood by the conjoining of a sugar with an amino group, and it will have little impact until it finds a receptor to latch onto. I think rage is the perfect name for these receptors because the reactions stimulated by the hookup fire up the immune system and inflammation. On the molecular level, it is enraging. Only small molecular weight DAGES may be absorbed from the gut and contribute to the body burden of AGES, joining those made on the inside. The increased oxidative stress and inflammation triggered by dietary AGES are linked to the continuing epidemics of diabetes and cardiovascular disease, but they couldn't do what they do without landing on or sticking to something, and they stick to RAGES. These receptors for dietary and internally made advanced glycation end products are immunoglobulins, proteins active in immunity that are known to multiply and accumulate under persistent high sugar levels. Diabetic tissues are rife with them sticking out of cell membranes. When an age attaches to a rage, signaling mechanisms kick in that cause cell stress, contribute to cellular dysfunction, and damage organs leading to complications Immune reactions with attendant inflammation are initiated. The reactive oxygen species that result from rage binding also induces the production of a biochemical nuclear factor kappa B that causes multiple changes in gene function within the cell that have pathogenic effects. Diabetes provides an extreme yet clear example of the interaction of ages, dages and rages. First of all, persistently high blood sugar commands genes to manufacture and place more rages in cell membranes. Second, we now know that rages can attract and interact with other protein signaling molecules that are not advanced glycation end products. The origin and variety of these proteins are outside the scope of this podcast, but explanations of them are included in sidebars within the written transcript of the podcast. Back to the story. However, The fact that these other proteins interact with receptors for ages suggests that rages the receptors are involved not only in the complications of diabetes, but also play a role in the causes of type 1 and type 2 diabetes by attracting other inflammatory signaling proteins. Blood is always filled with some level of sugar and constantly transports proteins to all parts of the body. It is clear that in diabetes, Ages are found in increased amounts inside and outside the cell due to a higher-than-normal level of blood sugar. Cell proteins modified by ages function improperly, as already described. The same can happen on the outside. Something called the extracellular matrix joins cells together to form tissues and organs. Although there are differences in the makeup of the extracellular matrix among the various parts of the body— The matrices can be said to contain collagen protein, complex carbohydrate proteins, proteoglycans, and large carbohydrate structures, glycosaminoglycans. In bone tissue, the mineral complexes provide much of the extracellular matrix. These various matrices can be modified by ages to interact abnormally among themselves, often becoming less flexible in the process. Cross-linking of collagen in the matrices has occurred, and that helps stiffen up the tissues. Plasma is the extracellular matrix of blood. Plasma proteins modified by ages can bind to age receptors on cells such as macrophages, a major immune cell, on cells lining blood vessels large and small, and on smooth muscle cells in the mid-layer of arteries and vessels. Disruptions of cell function in these locations related to age's attachment to and subsequent triggering of rages have lethal consequences. For example, smooth muscle cells affected by glycation end products in arteries will thicken, making the artery wall stiffer. It can be a contributor to high blood pressure. The bad news is that ages accumulate as we age. There is no irony in the similarity of the terms. The buildup throughout the years contributes to changes in the structure and function of the cardiovascular system. We see it as arterial stiffening, abnormalities and relaxation of the heart muscle, atherosclerotic plaque formation, and dysfunction of cells lining the arteries of the blood vessels. One of the proposed mechanisms involves additional cross-linking of collagen, that ubiquitous member of the extracellular matrices, there is already some cross-linking necessary to maintain tissue integrity, but sugars can add glycation of free amino acids in neighboring molecules of collagen. The collagen-advanced glycation end products establish cross-linking that produces stiffness of blood vessels. The effect is most pronounced in diabetics. Another mechanism by which ages exert damage to the cardiovascular system is by reducing the uptake of LDL cholesterol by cell receptors. Glycation of the LDL particle on the lipoprotein segment leaves the LDL more susceptible than non-glycated LDL to cross-linking with collagen on the arterial wall. Remember, all the cells lining an artery will be held together by an extracellular matrix that contains collagen. If the glycated LDL cross-links to the collagen, it cannot be taken up into the cell and metabolized. Instead, it accumulates where it is, on the inside of the artery, but on the outside of the cells lining the artery. Uh Uh-oh. Here comes the start of an arterial plaque. Macrophages, those scavenging phagocytic cells that are supposed to clean up anomalies such as this, come along to gobble up these glycated bits of LDL cholesterol. That's part of their job. Macrophages sport a good number of rages just so they can move along like a Roomba vacuum and collect unwanted glycation products. In the case of glycated LDL stuck to artery walls, if they eat enough, they become stuffed, immobile foam cells embedded in the growing plaque. They become part of the problem. Among this bad news, let me interject some good news. Researchers at the University of Nottingham in England were the first to recognize that supplements of grapeseed extract could reactivate and re-energize foam cells. So let's make a note that grapes, grape skins, and grapeseed extract are helpful at maintaining and restoring cardiovascular health. Returning to the dark side, ages can further damage the cardiovascular system by decreasing nitric oxide activity. Nitric oxide is a vasodilator and relaxant, synthesized from the amino acid arginine by cells lining the inside of arteries and blood vessels. It appears that ages reduce levels of the enzyme endothelial nitric oxide synthase, or ENOS, or inhibit its activity. As the synthase part of the enzyme's name indicates, it is responsible for making nitric oxide. Reduced levels of endothelial nitric oxide synthase will reduce the amount of available nitric oxide. Diminished nitric oxide, in turn, reduces the flexibility of vascular walls, thereby raising blood pressure as the little tubes stiffen up. The effect is transient, however, so if one can lower ages, especially from the most direct source that affects the inside of blood vessels, namely, plasma-borne ages, nitric oxide levels will increase and more flexibility will return. Evidence continues to implicate the accumulation of ages in some of the cardiovascular changes associated with aging, such as vascular stiffening, blood pressure disorders, and endothelial dysfunction. Endothelial dysfunction is the fancy way of saying cells lining the inside of the arteries and blood vessels, endothelial cells, are no longer functioning properly and are instead spitting out and collecting dangerous biochemicals. Uh, one particularly common glycation end product, N-epsilon-carboxymethyl abbreviated CML, is a valuable biomarker to assess age-related heart enlargement, arterial stiffness, and the risk of cardiovascular mortality. In one four-and-a-half-year study of 559 women aged 65 and older, for example, the highest risk of death from cardiovascular disease was seen in women whose blood content of CML measured in the highest quartile, that is, the highest 25%. I have now talked about the regular, common, and unavoidable formation of ages and their presence and availability from foods in everyone's diet. I have discussed their overwhelming presence and effects in diabetes and how they accumulate over time as we age and can contribute to cardiovascular disease. I've described how high blood sugar, hyperglycemia, installs more receptors for ages, those things called rages, in cell membranes. More rages bring more excessive immune reactions and inflammation, not only from ages, but also from multiple other messaging proteins. There is more oxidative damage, more stiffening of cell membranes, a loss of vitality, an acceleration of aging, and an increased risk of development of heart disease, diabetes, arthritis, and senile dementia, under the influence of advanced glycation end products. We know that if a person consumes significant amounts of sugar and starch from pasta, bread, donuts, and the like, and if such habits become a lifestyle trait, then the number of rages on cells and in tissues will increase The molecular load of advanced glycation end products will increase, too. Altogether, the ages and rages set the stage for inflammatory diseases that will not only diminish one's quality of life, but can become lethal. Even when we think we are immune, we are not. Accumulation of ages has been found in apparently healthy, aging persons, but this accumulation is higher during high glucose concentrations. The obvious vascular damage to blood vessels from the largest arteries down to the tiniest capillaries that is seen in diabetes is attributed to the accumulation of ages in tissues. Similar damage, perhaps to a lesser degree, is associated with atherosclerosis, Alzheimer's disease, end-stage renal disease, rheumatoid arthritis sarcopenia, Parkinson's disease, vascular dementia, cataracts, and other degenerative ophthalmic disorders, and several other chronic ailments. Egads, is there no escape? Maybe. In the next episode, I will cover some dietary and lifestyle interventions, along with supplements that can be employed to blunt or remove the lethality of advanced glycation end products. Tune in to get the rest of the story. The Healthy Geezer Podcast is researched, written, and produced by me, The Healthy Geezer. Our theme music is by the Camden Jazz Trio. You can find episodes of The Healthy Geezer Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Podcast Gang, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and wherever you go to access podcasts. Podcasts. Episodes, as well as written transcripts, plus blogs on additional topics on health and nutrition are also available at our website, marktimmon.com. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend to tune in to the Healthy Geezer podcast and be sure to subscribe by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast directory's platform. If you have questions, I will do my best to answer them. Just send an email to mark at marktimmon.com. That's Mark with a K and Timon with one M. All is one word, M-A-R-K-T-I-M-O-N dot com. And remember, as Richard Talbot advised us, eating is a duty. One must get one's recreation elsewhere. Thank you for listening.